going to invite you, if you can, I have a uh, word. I was praying, seeking God for a message today, and I couldn't get away from this. The Holy Ghost just kept bringing me back. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Amen. I, uh, I don't want to be too long, but I just need to share a few things, and I believe that God has a word for us. How many of you are ready? Say amen. amen. Joshua 1 verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Verse 3, and I'll stop with this verse. Every place, I'm going to say every place, that the sole of your foot, I'm going to say the sole, will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Using a little wordplay today, I want to preach on this thought first. Just, just a few moments. Soul winners. Soul winners. kind of has a double meaning, and I hope you get it. Amen. Why don't we pray? Father, I thank you for what you are doing in this place, God, and what you have done in this place among this precious group of people, God, for these last 10 years. We've come today, God, to thank you. We've come to celebrate your faithfulness and your goodness in our lives and in our families. But we didn't come just to reminisce, God. We did not come just to take a drive down memory lane. But we also came to look forward, ahead, at the things that you have promised to give to your church, God. We've come here also with a resolute mind to claim those things which belong to your people. And I pray today, God, that you will, for a few moments, God, speak to us, anoint my lips, and anoint every heart and every ear today to receive your word today with gladness. In the name of Jesus, I declare this right now emphatically. In Jesus' name, amen. Someone say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated for a, for a few moments. I realize that as we celebrate 10 years as a church, I am very thankful for all that God has done in our midst. The many victories, the miracles, the blessings, the outpouring of His Spirit. The salvations, the infillings of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen for that. The baptisms in Jesus' name, the signs, the wonders, the precious ways in which God has visited his people in this sacred place time after time, Sunday after Sunday, and all of the spaces in between. And not just here, but in our homes and in our places of gatherings and our fellowships and our gatherings and our all the ways in which we come together. God has been, I said God has been faithful to adjust and maneuver and figure out how to do church and how to be the church in such turbulent and unpredictable and unprecedented times. I can tell you this, 
that the day that I raised my hand and took an oath before God to, to, to preach and to lead this church, I never envisioned in my wildest imagination that we would face the kinds of things that we have faith. But I stand today, and you sit there today, church, and we lift our hands today, church, and worship as a true testament that God has not failed us yet. Oh, I said, God has not failed us yet. And I've got news today. He will not fail us at all in the future. I wonder if you can join me right now in giving God a great round of applause for the ways that he has been with us. Come on, hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. God has been with us. And in many ways, as I look at the children of Israel and the journey that they had come those 40 years through the desert under the leadership of their iconic leader, Moses, and how the great God of Israel moved in their lives and brought them all the way to the point in which Joshua now stands at the edge of the Jordan River with this great group of people, God's people, ready to possess their promised land. They had been through so many difficult trials and tribulations, but they had made it out of the desert. They had made it out of that trial period. They had made it out of that testing period, and yet there would still be more tests ahead of them. And on the brink of entering that promised land, the Lord gave Joshua a very clear picture of how they would claim their land, that the soles of their feet needed to walk across and scale across this land. He says, every place, someone say every place. My God, I come with an emphatic word today. Hallelujah. Come on, someone say every place. He said, every place that the soles of your feet will tread upon will belong to you. Think about that. That sounds like a blank check, doesn't it? That sounds like as far as you want to go, I'll go with you. I'll meet you where you are. As long as you want to walk and as far as you want to walk, as big as you want to dream. My God, I feel something in my bones today. As big you pray the biggest prayer, you know how to pray. You dream the biggest dream, you know how to dream. And I will be that God for you. Every place that the soles of your feet will tread upon. And I believe that there is something about the soles of our feet that God wants us to think about today, that bring us into his promises. First of all, did you know that your footprints are as unique as your fingerprints? No two footprints are alike. Like the handprints, the foot has uh, ridges and grooves that are unique to each and every one of you. Amen. And no, I'm not going to ask anybody to take off their shoes today. So we can prove it. Just take my word for it. Or you can Google it later if that's all right. Amen, somebody. How many of you are glad we're not going to do a foot washing here right now? Amen. Uh, somebody say, I can go to the pedicure. you got to tell me we're going to do a foot wash. Amen, somebody. Y'all can eat a crack of smile in the house of God. It's all right. But trust me, every foot has its own unique imprint on them. They are like encrypted passwords that cannot be duplicated or mistaken for one another. In basic terms, the soles of your feet represent your identity. Just like your fingerprints represent 
your, your identity, who you are. The soles of your feet carry your unique identity. It carries who you are, your personhood. And if we're going to possess greater things, greater promises, amen, somebody, greater miracles, greater blessings, then this is what we need. We need to own our identity. Someone say, my identity. Someone say, identity. We got to know who we are. Canaan belonged to Israelites. They belonged to the Israelites because of their unique identity as descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were heirs of the promise. They were rightful owners of the land that flowed with milk and honey. That land belonged to them. And they had every right to step foot into that land and claim it as their own. They did not steal anything. I know sometimes this message comes across as if though they went in there and stole something. They didn't steal. You don't steal what belongs to you. You simply repossess it. Come on now, somebody. I am not here to steal the city of Mountain View. I am not here to steal homes and lives. No, I am not here to steal anything. The devil is a thief and a robber. He, oh, come on, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We, church, hear me, City Light, are not in this city to steal anything. We are here to repossess what belongs to God and what belongs to his kingdom. Somebody give the Lord some praise here today. And it's going to happen. Whoo, I feel something in my spirit today. Not because of just what we've learned. Not because of of what we've gained, but everything to do with who we are as the children of almighty God. When they stepped into that land, they had every right to take it. And the Bible says that every place where the sole of your feet, you've got to let the ground know that the owner has just showed up. Oh, my God. You got to let this territory know that the rightful church, my God. I know when you drive across these streets and down Springer and down El Monte and down El Camino, you might see some other churches with different names and different logos on them. And I'm not here to sh throw any shade on them. All I'm trying to tell you is that this city belongs to City Light Church. Oh, all I'm telling you is that this area belongs to the Apostolic Church. Why? Because we know who we are. Come on, somebody. I said we know who we are. We are a blood-washed church. We are a sanctified church. We are, come on now, somebody. We, God planted us in this place 10 years ago, and I don't have to ask the devil for permission to claim what belongs to the people of God. Come on now, somebody. We don't have to ask the devil. We don't got to get on our knees and say, oh, pretty please, devil, will you give us? No, we're going to march into this territory for the next 10 years and take everything that belongs to the Lord. I wish somebody would give God some praise. Is there anybody in this house that believes it? Not just for this church, but how about your church? How about for your family? How about for your house? Somebody take about 20 seconds and just give God some glory. Give God some praise here today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I know who I am.
I said I know who I am. The problem with many believers today is that they are suffering from an identity crisis. The church doesn't know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you won't know what belongs to you. You got to know who you are. Somebody say identity. They're trying to be what other people want them to be. What the world wants them to be. But I am so glad today that when I step foot into this church, we are not having an identity crisis. We know who we are. Church, hear me loud and clear today. We are an apostolic church. And we will always be an apostolic church. Somebody give God some praise here today. We are a one God church. Someone say one God. Ah, come on, say it like you mean it. Say one God. We are a one God. We believe in the oneness of God. We believe that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. Somebody ought to think. God for that. Hallelujah. We are a Holy Ghost filled church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Come on and give God some praise today. We don't just believe in one baptism of the Holy Ghost, but we believe that the Spirit of God should be able to operate and flow freely among His people. Somebody say amen if I'm talking the truth right now. We are a Jesus name church someone say Jesus come on shout Jesus we are not only a Jesus name church but we are a sanctified church a holy church that's who we are and that's who God has called us to be and if you're thankful that you belong to a church like that you are to give God a hand clap right now that is our identity Hey, someone say, that's me. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, that's me. That's me. That's who I am. That's my identity. Just give me a couple more minutes. Uh, Hallelujah. And if you've forgotten who you are, then maybe it's time to do some soul searching. Maybe it's time to get back to your roots. Uh, I believe God's talking to somebody today. You need to get back all the way into the apostolic church. Uh, This is who you are. This is your heritage. Uh, This is your identity. This is where you belong. Come on, somebody. There. Ah, hallelujah. There is. There's no better place than to be in a place where the truth is being preached. Come on now, somebody, where sound doctrine is preached, where the Holy Ghost moves. I'm so glad that I belong to a church, that I belong to a place that still stands for who we are. God, I can preach. I could just leave it right there. Hallelujah, Jesus. But the souls, the souls of our feet don't just contain our identity. But the skin, did you know that the skin on the sole of your feet is the thickest skin of the human body? The thickest skin of the human body. And, and, and I need to tell you, church, that, that I'm so glad that, that when we're, we're talking about the soles that, of our feet, that it has the thickest skin. You know why? Because we're going to need some thick skin kind of faith. <laughs> Oh, come on now. We're going to need some thick, someone say thick skin. We're going to need some thick skin. You know why the, the, the soles of our feet have thick skin is because uh, uh, when you're walking, it, it, it needs to absorb the impact and uh, it protects your body from cuts and bruises and, and from friction. And these are all things that we experience not only in the physical, 
but also in the spiritual. And if ever we needed thick-skinned faith, we need it now. Joshua and the, and the children of Israel quickly realized that possessing their land was not going to be easy. Hey, can I tell you something? Just because it's ours doesn't mean we're not going to have to fight for it. Hello, somebody. I said, hello, somebody. Come on. Just because it's ours doesn't mean we're not going to have to fight for it. We're going to have to fight for it. You know, we're going to have to roll up our sleeves. We're going to have to have some thick skin. If we're going to obtain the things that, that God wants to give us. And we got to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. Someone say fight. we got to have thick skin. Also, just for dealing with the normal wear and tear of life. We also need thick skin in the house of God. we got to have thick skin. we got to be spiritually tough and determined. Amen. And you know, when you look at the children of Israel, I won't spend a lot of time on this next couple of points, but, but, but God sent them through a series of tests to test the thickness of their spiritual skin. And the first test was, was at the Jordan River. We'll just call it the Jordan test. And the Jordan test was a test of faith. At the Jordan River, the Israelites learned that faith takes on different forms. And faith works differently sometimes depending on the season that you're in. Amen, somebody. And you see, it was the same God that opened the Red Sea for them uh, 40 years prior that was about to open up the Jordan River. But it would not happen in the same exact way. Same God, but faith looks a little different. Or miracles manifest in different ways. And so now they're at the, at the, the banks of the Jordan. And this time, God gives them these instructions. Uh, the Bible says in Joshua 3.13, And it shall come to pass, uh, as soon as the souls, someone say souls, souls of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, and the, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the Jordan waters shall be cut off. And this is something that God has been dealing with me about. And I, I hope you catch what I, what, what I or what the Holy Spirit is saying. That, that the same God that was with us in the last 10 years or in the last season is going to be with us in this season as well. Can I hear it? Amen. God's not going anywhere. But we cannot panic or we cannot lose out on the next level of blessings because God is requiring us to do something that looks a little different. Because this time around, unlike before, he said you've got to put your feet into the Jordan. In other words, you've got to get your feet wet. The last time, all they had was dry ground. But this time, you're going to have to dip your big toe into the Jordan River and get the problem with a lot of Christians today is they're not suffering from, from cold feet. They're suffering from dry feet. Can I preach this like I want to? They want the promised land. They want the milk. They want the honey. They want revival for their families and for their church and for their community, but they're not willing to get their feet wet. And step into some stuff that's kind of wet and kind of messy and kind of dirty and kind of slimy. 
Hey, have you ever stuck your foot into like one of them, you know, a river or a lake and you go a little, and it's a little slimy, right? I'm not talking about Cancun, okay? I'm talking about them kind of rivers where everything's just going through and it's a little slimy, a little icky. And that's how it must have felt when those priests stuck their foot into the Jordan River. But God is saying if you're willing to put your foot where your faith is, if, mm, if you're willing to put your foot out, if you're willing to step out on a lot, I step out on, on a limb and, and trust me at my word I will show you that I am the same God that delivered you out of the hand of Egypt my God somebody better preach with me here today I am the same God that delivered you out of the hand of Egypt and out through the Red Sea but I'm going to show you that greater things shall I do in my name somebody give God some praise here today but you to be willing to step out. So what are the areas that God is calling us to step out? We have to be sensitive to the voice of God. There are new ministries that are going to be born. There are new people that are going to be one. Come on, I'm prophesying right now. I need to hear some amens. Uh, we heard that this place is not going to fill and not going to contain the people that God's going to bring. I claim that right now in the name of Jesus. But if we think that they're just going to show up and fall out of the sky one day without us getting our toes wet, we are mistaken. We're going to have to get our feet wet. We're going to have to get our feet wet and have to be willing to make ourselves uncomfortable and say, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I'm willing to. Is there anybody here today that says, Lord, I'm willing to get my feet wet, God? I'm oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, yeah, hallelujah. I'm willing to put my toes and put my feet into seeing some things that I, I have never done before. Pastor, you're asking me to do that? I, I don't know anything about that. I didn't go to school for that. I've never done that before. That's all right. You get your feet wet. You learn how to do it. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe you need to pick up a class or two. Maybe you need to go to Bible college. Maybe you need to get around some folks who can help you. Maybe you just need to push yourself into some uncomfortable places. But I'm here to tell you that there are some things that we will continue to do that will not change but there are some other things that we will do differently because there is a new harvest that God is bringing into our church somebody say amen today but we gotta be willing to put our foot out there amen somebody give God a hand praise today hallelujah the second test is the Gilgal test and when you read the story and we're just going through the first the first chapter first couple chapters of Joshua the Gilgal test, we'll just call it a test of separation. Just give me just about five, five or seven more minutes. Piano player, come on up. The, look, at the Gilgal, the Israelites learn that you cannot enter a new promise with an old mindset. Watch what Joshua tells them. Uh, man, you should have shouted when you had the chance because it's about to get ugly now. Uh -huh, uh -huh, hallelujah. He, well, he told them this in, in, in Joshua 5. He said, make some flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again. Now, this act of circumcision obviously involves the cutting away of skin, which was symbolic spiritually of cutting away or shedding the old life that Israel had been living. 
Because an entire generation had come up living in the desert that did not practice the ways of their forefathers who were once uh, circumcised and, 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 and took on this, this, uh, this pledge to be a special and a separated people unto God. And something that would mark the nation of Israel different from all the surrounding nations. And God said right when they were about to get ready. I don't know if they were already picking out their houses. Brother David, you're a realtor. Maybe they're already getting tours. Oh, I like this house. Oh, boy. You know, check that. You know, all the children of Israel, you know what they were? They were all on Zillow. Y'all know what Zillow is, right? They were all on Zillow. Like, oh, this is my house. I can see myself already. Like, like just dreaming, imagining themselves by the pool. They're already envisioning the white picket fence and the dog and the kid and everything. Like, man, it's going to be awesome. Huh? They were all just excited, and there was electricity in the air, and they just crossed the Jordan, and everybody's kind of, they're high-fiving each other, huh? You know, they're, they're giving each other just hugs and celebrating. I mean, they were getting ready to possess this thing. Let's do it. Everybody's excited, right? And then Joshua says, well, I hate, I, I hate to break it to everybody, but we're going to have to take care of some business before we keep moving on. And then he kind of rained on their party a little bit. <laughs> he said, look, this is all great and wonderful. Let's celebrate. Let's get prepared. But let's also realize that God is a holy God. Oh, come on now. I knew I was going to lose some of you right there. Let's also realize that God is a God of order. And God still wants his own special people who are called by his name, who will represent his kingdom and his glory in the earth. And he says, so before you get into it, before you start picking out furniture and decorating your wall, you got to understand that I need you to be certain. I need you to go through this process of cutting. I need you to understand that to receive what I have for you, it's not going to come easy. Church, cannot cut corners what we need to cut is our flesh oh hallelujah I felt something of the Holy Ghost so I didn't just come today to celebrate what God has done but I've also come today to cast a vision of what God will do and I tell you God's ways don't change isn't that right Bishop isn't that right? his ways don't change and so the same God that says, you're going to trust and believe me at Jericho. You're going to trust and believe me at Gil. But if you are willing to separate yourself and be that people, ooh, hallelujah. Mm, Jesus. On the way to church today, my daughter, she, she was asking me questions about our church. First question she asked, just, it, it, it made me laugh. She was like, Dad, so are me and Makai, are we... Are we members? I said, Chloe, this is pretty much the only church you've ever been in. If you're not a member, then I'm not a member. I don't know who's a member at this point. It was so cute. It was so cute. And she started asking me questions. She's like, you know, why do, why do we have that name City Life? I said, that's a good question. It wasn't like I just went on Google and we just started like, oh, what would be like a cool name, trendy name for our church, you know? I remembered the words of Christ. 
For those of you who were a part of those early little talks that we had about the name of the church and what it would symbolize and what Jesus said, that you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. City light. And that's who we are. And that's our future. And that's our destiny. Would you stand with me today? But as we think of all that God has done and will do, let me tell you, lastly, we need to stomp out the enemy. <laughs> we got to stomp out the enemy. Because after you go through the Jordan test and the Gilgal test, now it's time hey, to dig in our heels. Now it's time to possess and to take by force the things that belong to us. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And this is when Joshua and the Israelites come up to the very first city on the other side of the Jordan, which was Jericho. And Joshua said, we're going to go about this completely different. This is not going to be your conventional battle. This is not going to look like normal warfare. Watch what he tells them. After they go into their ultimate victory, after defeating the, the kings of Jericho, and then there was a group of five kings in Joshua chapter 10. They continued to progress. They continued to move forward. Watch what he told the captains to do as a sign of ultimate victory. The Bible says, come near. Joshua said, put your feet. Someone say, my feet. On the necks of those kings. Put the soles of your feet on the necks. My God. Of those kings. What kings? Those enemies out there. And they drew near and put their feet on their necks. Then Joshua said to them, do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Be strong. Ooh, hallelujah. And of good courage. For thus the Lord will do to all your, someone say all your enemies. All your enemies against whom you fight today. I have come to stand before you today, church and friend, to remind you that God is with us. And the same God that brought us through the last 10 years is going to bring us into the next 10 years. And what I, oh, what I want you to do is get the soles of your feet ready because God's going to give us the authority he already has, the power and, my God, the dominion to step into grace territory and to put our feet on the necks of the enemy and stomp down my God I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying come on somebody respond to the Holy Ghost I feel the spirit of God come on I feel the spirit of God right now Oh, somebody just begin to pray begin to pray in the spirit I feel God working right now I feel God working right now. I feel God working right now. Hallelujah. We're not going to, oh, we're not going to tiptoe into our destiny. Mm, my God, we're going to march into our destiny. We're not going to tiptoe. I wish somebody would begin to pray right now. I wish somebody would begin to open up your mouth. 
begin to my God begin to begin to declare with your mouth begin to speak those things that are not as though they were oh this is a picture of the authority that God has given his church the dominion that we have in Christ we are not just anybody we are the people of God and we have the power and we have the name of Jesus and we have the authority I don't know if there's somebody right now under the sound of my voice you've got some devils that you need to stomp on today I said, you've got some devils you need to stomp on today. Come on, somebody get into the spirit. God is working right now. Oh, Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Paul said, And the God of peace, my Lord, hallelujah, bring me up, bring me up, and the God of peace will crush, my Lord, my Lord. 